Let's go, girls. And now for something completely different. Ah! Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal. The full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show. Presented by RIA Advisors. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Who walked in? Welcome to Financial Fitness Friday. I'm Rich Rosso, CFP, here with Danny Ratliff, CFP. We're back. And I want to give you, you know, we're in the holiday season. And I'm throwing Christmas balls at all the kids that walk by. Get off my blowy. Um, Inflation is more than just for your blowies in your front yard this year. Did you realize, Danny? that the 55 growers of the real Christmas tree board, yes, there's a real Christmas tree board. They cover two thirds of the U.S. market for real Christmas trees. They see, they've seen their costs rise anywhere from 11 to 20%. So if you wanna get a real tree this year, let's just say go big on spirit, small on tree. If you want a 10 foot tree, go for five. Did they cite the cost? Like why? Fertilizer. Fertilizer. Okay. Right? That makes sense. A truck, you know, gas. Transportation. Transportation. Yeah. You know, that, 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 that thing called transportation. So overall, it's going to cost you just a little bit more to deal with Christmas this year. But don't people cut those trees down and take themselves? That's what I was thinking. Why don't we just go to the park? Well, I guess not always. I mean, you got the, the car Deforestation. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, let's talk about <laughs> markets, and we'll give you some more Scroogey tips as we go forward. We're the ghost of Christmas radio. Woo! All right, so Dow futures down 43 points. S&P futures eh, down about three. NASDAQ futures down 18. U.S. 10-year treasury, 3.5%. So what do you think, Danny? We've got unemployment. You know, we're going to go from uh, today, right? We, we will, we're hoping for is the Fed puts you out of work because that's what they want, right? We're going to go from YOLO because people are spending all this money and credit card balances are at the highest in 15 years. We want to go from YOLO to oh no because you might be out of a job. So, you know, Susie Orman is finally talking about a fin- an emergency cash reserve. Interesting. Yeah. Right <laughs> in the smack dab middle of it, right? Good job, Boy. guys. Way to prepare. Yeah. Tell, you know what? You think politicians are in a bubble? There are a lot of financial professionals that are on television that are in a bubble. Quite a bit. Quite a few of them. We try to venture out of the bubble. Let's try to help you understand what's going on. So what's your assessment on this market, Uncle Danny? Man, this market's been pretty wild. I mean, looking at, you know, looking at oil, what's happened mm-hmm. with the barrel. I mean, it's it's been pretty astonishing. And not just saying astonishing, but it's interesting to see the it, the – I guess the stocks haven't been as correlated as what they've historically been. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen this big, huge dip in oil stocks yet. Uh, but at some point, one's got to catch up with the other. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic right now. I mean, obviously, yield curve, everybody's seen the headlines. Worst, it's been inverted since 1982. Um, I think that you know, this is something we've been talking about, and we've been waiting for this yield curve to uninvert. It hasn't happened yet, uh, as we continue to see the, uh, you know, the, the delta between the two is quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to continue for I don't know, for the foreseeable future. But, you know, Powell's comments, 
I don't know. They, they provided a little bit of uh, levity for a moment. I mean, I think we're seeing that maybe, just maybe, they're hinting at slowing this thing down. You know, it's like we talk, we, we have our investment committee meetings each morning, mm-hmm. and, and Mike Leibowitz mentioned, he said, look, the train is getting closer and closer to the station. And I thought that was a really good analogy. That is a good analogy. If it doesn't hit the station first. So it is getting closer. to We know how long it takes for these rate hikes to make it through the system overall. And then vice chair, um, you had John Williams. He's probably the second most influential U.S. central banker out there uh, behind uh, uh, Jerome Powell. Powell, he's talking about how the Fed probably can ease into raising the unemployment rate. In other words, we can slowly – you can lose your job a lot slower. Uh, than you would in the past. But history doesn't show that. History shows that unemployment will generally spike. It just doesn't slowly go or rise slowly. It, it, you actually start falling off a cliff when it comes to unemployment. Uh, so, you know, this whole thing about even a soft landing and unemployment gradually uh, increases, that's something we really haven't seen maybe a couple of times in history. So they're all banking on this soft landing, yeah. transitional process, you know, economic lube, per se. And, and uh, I, I don't understand it uh, because it never really happened. But maybe post-pandemic, Danny, you know, things are a little bit different when you look at labor force participation and job growth. We've seen, you know, obviously job, uh, you know, we looked at the jolts. Things are slowing down a bit, but not as much as you would think at this point yeah. in the and, cycle. And I think we have to be cautious with this because I know, you know, we, we look at the data and we want to look at the hard data, right? That's yes. saying, okay. People are being laid off, but these are areas that ramped up during the pandemic. They needed people, you know, look at tech, look at different areas. You know, we keep hearing about all the social media sites. Right, um, right. Everybody, you know, laying these big layoffs. But, and we say, well, they, they brought all these people on because they needed all these services and that just really aren't needed now because the economy's changed again, which is natural, right? Going through a pandemic, something we have not been through in this mm-hmm. modern age, and now trying to work our way out of it. But- at the end of the day, we got to remember these are still jobs. These are still people that have lost jobs. So what's that dynamic? What does it change, right? And Janet Yellen's talking about this splurge. Well, that splurge is not going to be here. I don't know what Janet Yellen's talking about. Yeah, I something. have lost my mind. Oh, good Lord. I, know I have that. lost it. Should not have even brought her name up. So I don't even know how she was fed chair. I don't even know what she's talking about half the time. Now she's, blame- now she's blaming inflation because we're out there having a party. It's yeah. everybody else's fault. Yeah, that's right. That's not my fault. I didn't do anything. I'm trying to watch my husband when he's hanging out in the pool with the cleaning woman. I mean, it is incredibly ridiculous. Now, let me ask you, do you feel bad for the Goldman Sachs traders? And you are in the way that, you know, Goldman's going to have one of the biggest revenue halls in more than a decade. And their bonuses, traders' bonuses are going to be cut this year. How are you feeling about that? They they won't be, you know, high, high six figures, <laughs> yeah. low sevens. They're going to be slashed a bit. Dolly, no, we're not going to get this $200,000. We're going to have to cut back because I'm only going to get 150000 this year. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> but you're right. I, make, I don't want to make light of people losing their jobs. No, but no I, matter I, what industry they're in. We saw people yeah. lose their jobs on the pipeline in the big, when, when Biden first got in. Now we're going to see tech go through their comeuppance a bit. Uh, no free lunches, people getting laid off, 
uh, we're not going to need the same level of people, and we're going. It's going to go through white collar America overall, and uh, it's just slower than usual. Or Danny, it's like um, more of a passive aggressive thing. Like Danny, you can keep your job, but you can't get a raise this year, or you're you're not going to get the bonus this year, right? So maybe you still have your job, and I think that's why people are still spending, Danny, because they they feel secure. Even though they don't feel good about things going on in the general macro economy, they feel good about their jobs and that the jobs are going to be there. But you don't know because the Fed wants you to be out of work. We don't know how that's the going Fed to hit you. Fed doesn't know what they want. Job. They tell you they want this soft landing, but yeah, they want yeah, you out yeah, of work. Yeah, yeah, that's not going to yeah. be the case, right? I mean, look, markets have came. We've seen them come back a bit, right? And right. we talked about how this is not necessarily a great thing in light of the Fed, right? It that's gives right. them more, more bandwidth here to continue to hike, to continue the QT. Uh, these are issues we're going to have to deal with and moving into this next year. I think all of a sudden this last couple of weeks been a little bit better. Hey, no worries. We're good. I don't think that's the case. We're not through this yet. I don't know if the train's coming into the station or it's going to just hit the station. We'll have to see. Yeah, not trying to paint this terrible no, picture because, no, no. look, this no. thing could turn and we could have a great year next year. That may Let's be the hope. case. We get back. We're going to talk about Medicare. We're going to talk about tax planning for the end of the year. All kinds of cool stuff. Stay tuned. Financial Fitness Friday. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. In 1999, a parafiduciary group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients' best interest. These men promptly escaped from a high-cost margin environment to the Houston Energy Corridor. Today, still excoriated by their former employers, they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. The Real Investment Show. Hi, this is Charlie K. Dow. You know, sound money advice isn't just for grown-ups. So pay attention, kids. Here's Ratliff and Rosso on Financial Fitness Friday. That is the cutest thing. Brent, you gotta break the cycle. <laughs> you gotta break the cycle. Charlie K cannot go into radio. There is no money in radio. Oh, she's way past that. <laughs> she's already posting video clips selling Girl Scout cookies. Oh. Mm -hmm. The whole family is just addicted. They're just radio freaks, communication gurus starting at such a young age. That is amazing. My, uh, my daughter-in-law uh -huh. employs her kids and creates a show called Child Labor Day for the Labor Day show. I Child don't like Labor this Day. at all. Child. I think this is ingenious. That's a yeah. great idea. Hey, great way to open a Roth for the child. Mm -hmm. Yep. Put funds aside. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Keep talking about but this. But the, the kid cuts all the breaks for the show. <laughs> child Labor Day show. You know, next year we're going to have a um, Raising Money Wise Kids presentation that I just finished. And I didn't add that to it. <laughs> I think it needs to go in there. <laughs> I don't want to break any laws, though, with child labor. Yeah. <laughs> um Family held business. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and Danny, you brought up a topic we weren't really going to talk about, but that custodial Roth IRA is such an amazing tool. 
if you have children that are working jobs, like I'm, my daughter Haley, when she was 16, she started working at HEB, and we opened up the custodial Roth. Now she has a regular Roth, and we funded that with every, every year. And you imagine what that could be. By you want to give a gift to a child? Uh-huh. That is it. I that, mean, I I'm think that you. is. And you're teaching them along the way of, of how, to, how to save, how to invest. Mm-hmm. I mean, things that just aren't done as well as they should be, right? There's a ton of information out there. And next year, we're going to have so much. We're going to have new presentations. We're going to have candid coffee on a more regular basis, lunch and learns, uh, tax planning tips. So many, uh, we're going to have so many lunch and learn topics next year uh, just to make you better. And we have a lot of things that are still up in the air, Danny, when it comes to the SECURE Act, how inherited IRAs are going to be treated uh, for disbursement for non-spouses. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that is still up in the air, which means we're going to have to be on our toes and make sure that we provide that information to you. Well, SECURE Act 2.0 may be actually maybe passed. I mean, finally, exactly. maybe. Yep. But they have, they have new provisions in there to actually enhance savings for retirees or, or people who excuse me, accumulators looking to retire mm-hmm. for 401k plans, IRAs. I mean, this could be something that, you know, really impacts a lot of people. But that, we need to spend a whole segment or another time on that. And that's why this is a good month for you to start doing your tax planning for next year. We're going to see, uh, be, due to inflation, some of the good things about inflation is that you're going to see the expansion of tax brackets. Uh, so you'll have more income that'll stuff into heftier marginal rates. You're going to have an increase in the standard deduction, right? And I think that's actually more beneficial than the higher uh, the increases that we're going to see in retirement account contributions, because there was a study done this year that showed about 45 percent of Americans, they, they couldn't put any money into retirement accounts this year due to inflation. Actually, they were taking money out for basic necessities. But, you know, obviously the super savers, they're going to they're going to relish this. But the standard deduction, the increase in the standard deduction, since most people do use that over itemizing, I think is a big deal. So you want to meet with your tax planner. You want to go through this process. Uh, maybe, yeah, obviously this month, everybody is off. Maybe January is a good month for you to just look at things. This is also a good time to check your withholding. We have people that get either, I have people, Danny, and I know you probably do the same. They get hit with extremes when it comes to withholding. They either have not enough, and then they owe big taxes, mm-hmm. or they withhold too much, and they get a refund, which is obviously return of their own money. And with savings rates the way they are on online savings accounts, treasury bills, and so forth, why do I want to give the government more money? Right? I should be using it for myself. So this, this better uh, arrangement of taxes and how, how they come out of your check is important. And, and, and the IRS does have a cool, cool and taxes don't go together, no, but they, but they have a withholding calculator that or an estimator that actually is a pretty good, it's pretty good. And you may want to look to file a new form uh, W-4 and increase the amount of taxes withheld or reduce them and then take that reduction and bolster your emergency reserve. Because to Danny's point in the last segment, we could still have a recession. And I even think stagflation is worse. We have low growth, low productivity, high debt. Um, it's just not going to feel right. Like, you know, August in Texas, like the weather. So you want to fine-tune your withholding. And I, I think a lot of people, Danny, don't really look at this. They just 
Put well, it on, put well they don't, and a lot of people prefer to get a big refund. They feel like they get something back. Oh, great, we're going to use this on our next trip or you know, whatever it may be that, that the funds may be intended for. But you're giving the government a loan. Right. And, and so ideally, in a perfect world, you want to hopefully you come out owing nothing. But it does take a little bit of work, a little bit of strategy, where you, know, you don't want to pay them a big, a big paycheck and you know, potentially penalties and fees. Um, but ideally, I, I want to walk away not having to get a big refund back because I think I'm a much better steward of money than they are. I actually, I, I don't think I know. Are. I, yeah. I, I know 100 percent you yeah. are. So if, if you do want to go look at that, go look. We actually I just put it on the YouTube on the chat. So Great. the real investment show, uh, I put the link for the IRS tax calculator. So for withholdings and, and that's a, that's a, this is low hanging fruit, right, Rich? I mean, I think this is something everybody should be able to go look at and just make sure you're doing it right. I have a lot of people. I also have a lot of people that they consider it a challenge. Like, how can I get this withholding just beautifully right where I owe very, very little and I've taken just enough where I can save more money? You know, in other words, you know, like this happy balance. But you, we got to get out of the psychology of the refund. Well, and some it's, people do look at that as a savings mechanism, right? Because it's probably easier for them to not it's put a, those funds away. They get the money savings, back. Yeah. Okay, that's forced. Well, I'd that, prefer let's just change a little bit of small behaviors, put those funds aside, but... If you're doing that, you need a lot of coaching. Well, even if it's for savings, you're not getting any interest income on loaning that money to the government for free. Yeah. And, and frankly, for those people who do this as some call, so-called for savings, I wonder how many of them actually do it. If I get, a, say, a $1,500 refund, am I really taking that entire— Most people aren't. No. No. But you know what? They charge us interest if we owe them. Right I think away. They owe us. We need to start charging interest, right? Oh. That would be nice. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. If Danny were, were head of the IRS, mm -hmm. I'd have Michelle check his car before he gets in it every morning. <laughs> like, I wouldn't have her checking it. <laughs> like, like, I like, need her around. Like Godfather 1. Mm -hmm. No, Apollonia! Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Just watch Godfather, you'll know. Um, so you got to work on fine-tuning it. it. It's really important. We have people that are going to be looking to uh, get their retirement accounts funded properly for this year, right? They haven't maxed out their contributions yet in their 401ks and their 403bs. They're going to do it. You know, I'm a, big, I'm a bigger fan for Roth 401k, but funding is funding. If you need to do it, your tax person says, hey, this is a good idea. Take a look at that in December. Or maybe you want to look at funding a 529. If you're in a state that has, obviously, taxes, then you could possibly get a deduction for contributing to that state's 529. Although I don't think that's, Danny, the top criteria for investing in a 529. I had someone that was in a uh, state that has taxes, and we did not invest in that state's 529 because the, ex the fees were too high. The investments sort of stunk. So we went with uh, Vanguard. Yeah, you but know, that is something to look look at. It is. There's a lot of good ones out there if you're in a, a state. So what really we're talking about here is that these 529 plans are mutual, set up by mutual fund companies. They're held mm -hmm. within each individual state, and there are potential tax perks for you if you use your state's 529 plan. Now, that's only if they have a state income tax. If you don't have state income tax, sky's the limit. You know, here in Texas, we can go use any 529 plan. Uh, which is really a nice benefit in that aspect. But there are times, Rich, like you said, that maybe fees are too high, investments are just aren't very good, 
um, you can make a pretty good argument to say, hey, you know what? You're really not getting that big of a tax break here. Let's go ahead and find something better. Right, because you got to look at costs. You know, money's fungible. You got to look at it holistically. Just because you're getting a deduction on one side, but you're paying higher fees on the other, or the plan isn't as good as you think. That's where, you know, great website is savingforcollege.com, Danny. Mm-hmm. They rate. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, some of the, the, uh, the great people from that site uh, interviewed in the past. Uh, I'm thinking about bringing some of them back um, to go over some of the benefits of the website because they do so much great homework. Uh, and they rate 529 plans, and they have a lot of educational articles and calculators that I think you would find very beneficial uh, overall. It's a very, gr- it's a great educational hub for higher education. So they rate them. Um, we help people select the right ones, but and again, I understand that the seduction of tax deduction. Uh, but you don't really want to look. You want to look at it more holistically uh, than that. Then we have a lot of people this year that, and I think you, you and um, Lance touched on this Wednesday about um, tax loss harvesting. Yeah. I never want to invest for a loss. Like I have some people that I know they're in the financial business. I go, well, if you invest in that and it loses money, you can deduct it. Like they're excited. I mean, I'm not excited over losses. I'll pay taxes, like Lance says, on gains anytime. Right. That's what I want to do. I would rather pay the taxes knowing I did a great job and I trimmed in a period of strength. Uh, but if you have losses and you can use them to offset gains, why not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this is a no brainer. Go ahead and take those. Even if you're not going to have anything to offset, you'll carry those forward. Big, big, I think, misunderstanding with this is, you know, there's a three thousand dollar limit is what most people think. But yep. you can you could offset $100,000 of gains and still carry forward. Now, you'll be able to utilize an additional three, carry forward any of the remainder that you have. Hopefully, you don't have that problem, but many do. We'll be right back. investment advice blog it's required reading for the informed investor catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com in 1999 a para group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients best interest these men promptly escaped from a high cost margin environment to the houston energy corridor today still excoriated by their former employers they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. And welcome back. I like when... uh, Brent leaves all these little funnies on the screen. Mistletoe is an evergreen plant which produces oval leaves, white berries, and sexual harassment lawsuits. But I will add to that. Oh. I think it depends on where you put it. True. <laughs> we'll just let your imagination run wild. This is radio. <laughs> it would have been the eggnog, the proximity to eggnog. And the, uh, you don't know how much 
I have this recipe. <clears throat> if any of you are looking for a special date night drink, the Rosso Razzle Dazzle eggnog. So you're just teasing people. I know a couple people asked for your recipe. It'll be, it'll, well, it's got rum, but it also has Everclear, and it also has Fireball. That sounds like a recipe for disaster. <laughs> like or nothing good can come from that. Absolute success. <laughs> oh, yeah. absolutes in it too. Yeah, you might as well. Yeah. But all I know is when you use whipped cream on it, because mm. I tried, mm-hmm. you hear it scream. <laughs> he goes, no! And it's gone in a second. It's like the cauldron in the Adams family when you get a drink. So the Rosso Razzle Dazzle eggnog. Look for it on store shares. <laughs> Dill Gear. Don't drink and drive, folks, especially with this recipe. Uh, futures are relatively flat this morning. Like my humor. They could use uh, a little razzle-dazzle. Yeah, you know what? A little razzle-dazzle eggnog would help maybe Danny open up during these shows. I think I might bring some in <laughs> next time. I'll bring it in in a little flask. Hey, nobody got time for that. A couple of shots. You don't know what's going to happen. Danny might actually like open this top button of his shirt. <laughs> really Doubt get it. exciting around here. Um, <laughs> so next year we are going to do a lot of great things. I'm very excited about some of the uh, programs we have. Did you know that one out of every three Americans has a side gig, Danny? That's a lot. One out of every three. A side hustle. Yeah. Now, I understand side hustle mostly is to make ends meet, especially in these times of inflation. But maybe it's a good idea if you want to catch up on some of your retirement savings. What do you think? I think it's a great idea, especially if you can go do this side gig. And not live on the funds. That's the yeah. kicker, right? Yeah, can right. you can you put those funds aside? And maybe that's it's for your retirement. It's for to bolster that savings account, the financial vulnerability cushion, or maybe you're using that to get you know kind of as a stepping stool to the next big gig or to start the business you've always wanted. I mean, these are all little things that I think that can be so beneficial if used the right way. I mean, my intent, if I had a side gig, would be. I don't want to live on those funds. Right. I now, the problem, I think, though, is that mm-hmm. many people have to, right? I They're think that's the reality bills. of it. When you look at the studies, they're working the side gig not because they want to. Yeah. They're working it because they have to. But there are some people that I, I even know that have used it, say, to catch up yep. for retirement savings or bolster emergency savings. SEP IRA uh, could be a great idea, right? You have money that's going to fluctuate with a side gig. You can fund it one year, not the next year. So you can contribute up to 25% of your net self-employment income. That could be up to 61000 bucks. I mean, you can sock the, the, a lot of money away in a SEP. I call it a, an IRA with muscles. So if you don't have like a guaranteed cash flow, you want to fund it one year and not the next, SEP could work. Yeah, if sole you have proprietor, if you don't have a bunch right. of employees, I mean, this can be a great tool to use. Too bad they don't have a Roth a Roth component too, yeah, that'd be nice. Every retirement accounts, every retirement account that's out there should have a Roth link, don't you think? Absolutely. Now, it wouldn't surprise me that if they that they would do this at some point. Mm-hmm. And I know everybody out there says, "Oh, they're going to do away with Roths." They're not going to do away with them. They need your money now, not later. JG Wentworth, yeah. right? So I think that we they may be more inclined, and we've actually seen that in a couple of proposals that they've had in some bills that. They are thinking the same way. Yes. So they're not trying to get rid of it. They want that money right now. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, look, you're safe if you have funds in it. I know people have been apprehensive to put funds into something like this because of the fear of, 
oh, they're going to double tax you. They're not going to double tax you. But, you know, they're going to make changes. They, they, I could see them going away with the pre-tax before they went away with the Roth just because of the situation they got themselves in. That's, I know that's, what I, that would be, that's what I think only because the government wants more money now. Yeah. I mean, it just, you know, I always look at these things as what's best for the government, not for you. And to me, the Roth makes a lot more sense. Yeah, we don't count. Makes more sense only because I'm getting money now. And and I know Uh, that's very non-conventional wisdom, right? That goes against everything that we've been taught. But, I mean, I don't know. I think it makes sense. Absolutely. Now, I will tell you. That's why they won't do it. But Exactly. Um, opening a donor advice fund could be a really great idea. I think you all talked about this on Wednesday, but you can deduct the entire contribution in the year you make it. These are for people that have charitable intent. Um, believe it or not, I mean, I know the market's down this year, but frankly, Danny, I, I, I am a little impressed with the uh, resiliency of it. Yeah. Uh, we're not in a bear cycle at this point. People still have a lot of gains for over the last few years, and they might want to say, hey, I do have this charitable intent, and I want to move a certain position into a char- uh, charitable fund. It's a very easy way to donate. You, you, know, you get the deduction. So if I say I have, I, have a, I, I invested in Exxon, and I've got a real low basis, and I want to say, you know, I want to take about you know, 20000 of that, and I want to move it. Okay, well, I get a deduction for that right away. I sell it inside the, the circle of the donor advice fund, and then I can either wait. Maybe I don't want to give to this certain charity this year. I want mm-hmm. to do it next year or the year after, but I can allocate that money among a group of mutual funds, uh, but I get the deduction this year. And I have people that build up some nice reserves in, in those donor advice funds, and then they select the timing on when the charity actually receives the money. This is such a great, I think this is one of the best ways to give. Uh, it's so easy, low cost. You don't have to set up a foundation. These are really easy through Fidelity, for example. Um, a lot of the big brokerage firms will have a charitable account, uh, donor advised fund. Well, and I think that this is a great tool that, you know, if you're going to give these funds anyways, or give some funds, instead mm-hmm. of giving out of your checking account, if you have a taxable account, go ahead and take that, that, that position that has a really low cost basis, you have a lot of gains in, move that into it. And, you know, especially in a year where you may have a higher income or you mm-hmm. received a bonus, um, you we call it bunching or bundling, where you put a larger amount mm-hmm. and then you, you're you able to distribute it. You get the tax break for this year, but then you distribute that $20,000 over a number of years just like you would otherwise. Or but, like I changed my mind. Like one year I want to do ASPCA, the next year I want to do Red Cross. I time it. Yeah. My local church. You have, you have the ability to do that. I think that's great. Now, also, taxpayers who are 70, uh, 72 or older or 70 and a half or older can transfer up to $100,000 from a traditional IRA tax-free to a charity each year. Goes directly to the charity. It's the qualified charitable distribution. This is another nice benefit for IRA owners that have done enough planning. They, they know they're going to sort of outlive their money. And they're doing it very surgically to reduce their tax burden due to required minimum distribution. So, I mean, I think this also reduces future required withdrawals that the IRS requires. It can help uh, you with your IRMA. I mean, there's, there's right. so, so many, many things. things yeah. If you have a charitable intent, nobody's telling you, hey, you have to do this. But if you do, there are really good ways that you can do this right now. Now, something we always talk about, too, a Roth conversion. How many times, Danny, I know we sound like broken records. But this is a really good year 
to do this. Actually, over the next few years, now that inflation has increased the marginal rates. And think about it. If you have investments that are down, say, I'm just using an example, you own Metastock or Microsoft or Apple, whatever, but you're in that tech sector and it's depressed and you think it's going to come back. Well, okay, I'll move some of that into from my traditional IRA into my Roth, right? I've got big loss, maybe, or maybe it's just not doing what I want, but what I'm hoping for is really strong appreciation in the Roth, right? And you're going to have a lot more bandwidth now based on the uh, the changes to tax brackets next year to take care of the Roth convergence because we've got to be careful because at the end of 2025, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act sunsets and those rates are going to, those marginal rate brackets are going to get squeezed. So you've got a really good time to do this. Yeah, great opportunity. Make sure you're utilizing that. And, and you know, it's interesting, Rich. People have a hard time with this one, I think, because ideally the Roth works the best. It's painful up front. It, it's very painful when you take money out of front. And we're dealing with variables. I mean, there's a lot of people who have income that may change each and every year. You know, we think that we have this little bit of a runway here till 2026 to, you know, give us a couple years that we can execute this without having to do so at higher taxes. But it is painful to come out of pocket to pay those taxes. So you can do it where you can you can do the traditional to the Roth mm-hmm. and pay it out of the actual proceeds, the funds that you're moving, but you want to keep every dollar you can in that type of an account. So ideally, it works best when you pay it out of pocket. And, and no, that's not the easy thing to do, though. And, and you know what I get, Danny? Well, it, I, I, I'm not going to move enough to make a difference. I don't care what it is. $2,000 a year, $5,000 a year, whatever you can do to build an after-tax bucket of money is important, right? We call that diversification of accounts because when it comes to retirement income, you want to craft it to the tax bracket you're in to, one, try to the best you can, minimize taxes on Social Security, and two, as Danny talked about earlier, IRMA charges or additional charges on your Medicare Part B and D premiums. We get back, we're going to talk a little bit about Medicare and Medicare Advantage here on Financial Fitness Friday. Stay tuned. news you can use delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com in 1999 a para group of financial advisors were busted by corporate giants for trying to operate in their clients best interest these men promptly escaped from a high cost margin environment to the houston energy corridor today still excoriated by their former employers they survive as protectors of others' fortunes. If you have a problem about preserving capital, if no one else can help, and you can find them right here, maybe you should hire the RIA team. The Real Investment Show.
And we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Last segment. Um, there's a new analysis uh, that came out from Kaiser Family Foundation <clears throat> that the average beneficiary has 43 different Medicare Advantage plans to choose from <clears throat> next year. It's overwhelming. And then differentiating bet- among these options <clears throat> because of the proliferation of all these benefits becomes a daunting task. So there's some vision. 97% of the plans have vision or dental or telehealth or hearing or all these different benefits. But the scope of these, of these benefits are varied. <clears throat> One of the things I will tell you, if you're close to 65 years old and going to be looked to get on Medicare, sign up for MedicareRights.org. They will keep you abreast of yeah. a lot of changes that are going on, especially with Medicare Advantage plans. These are very profitable plans for, for the pro- insurers. For the insurer. Yeah. So you get a lot of, uh, you know, again, you get William Shatner. Danny touched on this Wednesday. You get a lot, you know, all, the, all my favorite stars in the 60s and 70s are now touting these, these plans. And, of course, a lot of people watching going, oh, William Shatner wouldn't uh, steer me wrong, right? So you got to be careful. Yeah. Obviously, there are lower costs. There are some benefits to these plans, but um, it's it's a it's a it's a conundrum for a lot of people because they are enticed by these plans. Yeah, and um, people are flocking to them. Well, I think one thing that's important to to note the big difference between Medicare and Medicare Advantage. So, Rich, you just mentioned how if you're on Medicare Advantage, it's typically all encompassing, right? How's it right? It's going to have the vision. It's going to have the dental. Um, it's Your going drugs, to have drugs, right? Everything. In yeah, the, this, all this, in one spot. Right. Which which is nice in a lot of ways right. because it, it just makes it easy to go choose. I know, look, it's paralysis by analysis. You mentioned 43 mm-hmm. plans for Medicare Advantage. I mean, Part D insurance, which is your prescription coverage, has like 39 plans this year right? Um, to choose from. So keep in mind, if you're doing original Medicare, you're going to have your Part A, which you've already paid into. That's going to be your hospitalization. Part B is going to be... Your, you know, you go to the doctors, can be preventative care, your lab work. It's going to be, you know, just your typical stuff. Part D is going to be your prescription drug coverage. And then you're going to go get your Medigap policy. But on top of that, you're likely going to need to go and find a small policy for your hearing, for your dental, um, all of those, you know, vision, things like that. So this Medicare Advantage, though, is, is really, I, I think they've done a great job marketing and it's gotten a lot more popular, but yes. it could be to the detriment of the of you and I. Right. And it's because of what will happen is people get on these plans and then they get a, a life-threatening illness. And, yes, treatment will be covered, but maybe not the optimum treatment that you want that you would have gotten under a Medigap plan. So that's what we recommend at RIA uh, when it comes to helping people, you know, the c- cut through all the clutter and yeah. make right make the proper decisions for their for their very important Medicare decisions. So, um, but but you know, Danny, to your point, it, it's tempting because I've got everything in one place, and then they will say, "Well, guess what? You have no uh, no premium, no premium, no deductible." That sounds great. Everything's free. Sign me up. I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a Fitbit. <clears throat> I got silver sneakers. What's not to like? Yeah. Until I have some form of a cancer or illness 
and they tell me, you can only go in this direction. But my doctor says this direction's better. Sorry. Where Medigap, you probably can explore those other directions. Uh, and, and, and once you get an illness and you're past your enrollment period, whether it's general or special, you may not get on Medigap because you have pre-existing clause. Or, or if you do, it's extremely expensive, right? Correct. And so the, and, and I hear great stories about, about Medicare Advantage from time to time as well, where people say, listen, I had a knee replacement. It was great. Nothing changed. Um, you know, I've had this problem. Mm -hmm. But we're really talking about you get a, a chronic illness. You get something that needs specialty treatment. That can be problematic. Uh, because a lot of times there are HMOs. We are finding more often that they're, you know, instead of the closed network, that they are offering some PPOs now. They have come a long way. Um, but be careful. You understand what you're paying for or not paying for mm -hmm. because you may pay for it later in another way. You can't get seduced by the cost, yeah. the, the no cost or the all the bells and whistles. It's whether or not you're covered. Now, some people... Within their budgets, their their retirement income budgets are strained. That's all they can do, Danny. So, you, we've helped people look at well. This is what you can do. You might want to look at more preventative measures. Make sure you're eating healthier. You're work. You're exercising. You're doing things to minimize visits to the doctor. So, some people are playing sort of healthcare roulette, but they may not have any choice because of their budget. Now, what do you say to somebody? I actually had this conversation mm -hmm. the other day. I had somebody ask, say, you know what? I'm really healthy. Why do I need to go sign up for it? I'm not going to. And, and we've had people at, at some of our workshops come up to you and I say, I refuse. I'm not doing it. I'll go die in the woods. I mean. <laughs> I've gotten that. Yeah, like, seriously. Yeah. I, I, you know, <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I, I try to sometimes relay it to, well, what would your loved ones think? that you're just not going to go for treatment or you're going to walk off into the woods like The Road, which is a great book and movie. But, I mean, I'm not just... you got to look at this practically that you're most likely going to get some form of an illness. Or we have people with prescription drugs. I'll never take a prescription drug, so I won't sign up for Part D. You don't think? Go back, and I tell them, go back to your family history. Anybody in your family take prescription drugs? Right, You signed up for Part D whether you are on prescription drugs or not because then you're going to get hit with a 10% penalty for every 12 months you miss. And that's a permanent penalty. So people feel like they're invincible. Especially, I, I just see this more with men, Danny, not to, be, not to bring this up, but I, I, women are just a lot more practical about the whole thing. Yeah. Yes, huh? yeah. You know, I might do this. I might get some. Men are like, I'm going to walk into the woods, dig myself a hole, get in it, cover myself. And that's it. it oh, I think. I, and then I don't know what to say. Women I, do a better job understanding their vulnerabilities, vulnerabilities, yeah. and mortality, right? Yes, and risk. Yeah. Right. So you have to reason with someone that says that would you want this money to come out of pocket? Because once you're faced with a serious illness, you might decide that I do want to live and I do want to explore treatments, and and Medicare Advantage is not the right road for me. Uh, to do it. Now, I do have some people that, to your point, Danny, um, they haven't signed up for Medicare Part B. They have A, but they're like, I refuse. I don't go to a doctor. I don't believe in doctors. I, 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 I think it's tough to crack that. 
that that's a deep embedded philosophy that you just got to be aware of the dangers or maybe get your the, the spouse or 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 son or daughter to say you know can we reason with your with uh, with with dad or mom yeah. about this 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 path they're going to look to take so so let's talk about why that's such a weary path okay right yeah i mean th- this is this is an issue so you don't go sign up mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you do need something you know larger than you're just going to come out of pocket to pay for it what happens if you're not in open enrollment can you go sign up if you're not in one of your special enrollment periods Mm-mm. no you're stuck so you may be stuck without coverage for an extended period of time and do you really want to break your finances and put your spouse in jeopardy, your children in jeopardy, because you were stubborn and think you're invincible. And, or, now you have a pre-existing condition which would prohibitive of signing up. Mm-hmm. So, a couple issues there. Not to mention, there's a 10% penalty for every 12 months mm-hmm. past your 65th birthday if you're not on a creditable plan. So if you're still working or your spouse is working, you're on a creditable plan, no worries, right? You're gonna be fine. But if you're if you're not, you're no longer working, you've not signed up because it's just you're not going to. It's a principal deal, right? You're going to have a 10 percent penalty. At some point, you're going to need this. That 10 percent penalty goes each and every 12 months. And it is permanent. It's not just for, oh, when you sign up, they're going to charge you a little more premium. Mm -hmm. That will be forever. And in fact, it's astonishing to me. The average premium increase for people not signing up is 30 percent. I mean, that's just wild. Right. And I think part of that, Danny, is the poor communication methods from the Social Security Administration on when to sign up and the urgency of it. There's been legislation out there to even try to bolster that, and that hasn't worked. Right. We haven't seen any of that. Maybe consolidating all the multiple enrollment periods to make it a lot easier for older Americans to do that. And that's where the help of a financial advisor who is well equipped to understand these topics can help you. Like we, we spend a lot of time, all our cert- CFPs here, certified financial planners, a lot of time studying Medicare and making sure that we're helping you to get through the maze or the mist of this stuff and understand the implications for missing enrollment periods. Because again, government does not do a good job. Of course, Medicare Advantage does a great job because private companies are sent inundating you with material and all that. That's not to say that Medicare.gov isn't a great site. It works really well. You talked about this too, Danny. It's really very impressive, uh, the information that's available. But, man, those special enrollment period, general enrollment period, open enrollment period. I mean, we had to study that stuff. Imagine just trying to understand this as an older American trying to sign up. It's it's intimidating. I think that's a great word for it. It is intimidating. And this is actually when we do we do a lot of different webinars, lunch and learns. Which yeah, this is sure. one of our most uh, sought after classes. I think mm-hmm. that we do just because there's so many moving parts. It is overwhelming. It's that paralysis by analysis that we talk about. But hey, go to realinvestmentadvice.com. We're gonna have a lot of stuff on the calendar here for this yes. next year. So and if you have any topics, things you want us to address, go to ask a question. Love to help you guys out however we can. Y'all have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks, guys.